Hi everyone, Colleen here. Welcome back to Canoodle, the rom-com rewatch podcast. December is here, so we all know what that means. Christmas rom-coms! I know, we're excited too. My pick this week is While You Were Sleeping, a winter rom-com classic featuring future megastar Sandy Bullock in a star-making performance as a lonely transit worker who may finally get what she's always wanted, a boyfriend for Christmas. Even if that boyfriend is a total stranger who is in a coma, so what? It's Christmas! So snuggle up, canoodlers. It's about to get frosty in here. I booked my first coaching client. So I have a first coaching client now, which I'm super excited about. Great! Congratulations! Thank you so much. Yay! Yes, I'm very excited about it. Mm -hmm. Coach Libby. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and it's not, the goal is not really to build a coaching practice, but it's great for me to, you know, I've been coaching within this other program with a group coaching program. So now it's really just good to go out and kind of experiment and experience, you know, what, what it can look like to, you know, to be in that seat um, outwardly. And so, yeah, so I'm super excited about that. That's new with me. Yay! That's amazing. That's really, really awesome. You're going to be so great because you are the master of questions. Of <laughs> yeah, just, like yes. asking a lot of questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's going to be awesome. I did a master class, um, just like an online thing that I was looking at it with this coach, uh, Rich Litvin. And uh, he said, like, the, you know, the, all, all that coaches do is just ask really poignant questions. So I was like, good. So maybe that, that's it. <laughs> that's my job. It's like, I'm in the right place. Yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. I want. You're calling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Well, my, awesome. I, too, am deepening all of my greatest in, new interests in life, um, which right now are documentaries on cults and hiking outdoors so you know getting as deep into nexium as we can get without getting too close to keith raniere uh we just finished our second docuseries on it um and we're really trying to turn a blind eye to the fact that we're in so many personal development groups that sound a whole lot like nexium without the branding uh we're definitely without without the multi-level marketing without the branding yeah, you know, it's no big deal. We're fine. We're safe. We're good. Right, guys? It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Now, are you watching? Did you watch the one on stars? Yeah. Yeah, we just finished it. Is it is it worth it? Totally. Okay, do I need to get stars? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to. No, you good to watch after the other one. Actually. Because you know that I was obsessed with the vow. Yes. No. Highly recommend Seduce absolutely seduced um because it takes actually one of the characters that during the vow indian oxen india oxenberg was still in the cult and now she's out obviously and and that's her perspective now told um on uh, on on that documentary so uh, yeah yeah because the first one the vow was made by the first people out right but india oxenberg mm-hmm. was one of the last people out so she has the inside perspective of what happened in those years once like the press started coming out and she stayed it was fascinating yeah it's really fascinating and it's only four episodes actually so it's pretty short you can kind of binge watch okay, it good. in a day so <laughs> take a day take a self-care Done. day <laughs> that's, right. that's the story of my life right now yeah oh, that's right yeah and when we're not oh. doing that we're trying to hike more now that Liv and i are in california so we're getting ready for our first big trip out here, doing um, a nice socially distanced trip, the two of us to Yosemite. Be out in the middle of nowhere. <gasps> so um, exciting! Oh, so we're so excited, awesome. and it's not—it's not at all peak season, so we think it's going to be fairly empty, which will be great. Yeah, I'm so now excited. Now you're not—you're not sleeping in outside in tents, right? No, we're sleeping in an airstream, in like a mm, chic wow. luxe airstream with like nice oh, hand. That's more like it. Stuff. Okay. I was going to say, I'm not interested in your camping trip, but I'm interested, I'm interested in I'm not interested in my camping trip, trip either. <laughs> so. What about you, Babsy? What about me? Well, I watched a documentary last night, but um, it's very harmless compared to, <laughs> to cults. It was um, called The Octopus Teacher. I knew you was... were going to say that. I knew it. Really? How do you I, know? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just felt it. I haven't seen it. it Tell us about it. So amazing! It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's this um, South African filmmaker who is burned out, and he 
um, just goes into the water. That's like he lives on the southern uh, point of of um, South Africa, and he goes into the water, and he the, the water is freezing cold, eight degrees, forty six Fahrenheit, like freezing, freezing, freezing. But he gets in there, and he develops his friendship with an octopus, and he goes and visits the octopus every single day, and but it's so beautiful, and you just see. <laughs> You see this underwater world and also like just how he interacts with the octopus. It's unbelievable. For our listeners at home, Colleen's face is extremely <laughs> puzzled. She uh, cannot believe that that's what Barbara is saying, that he develops a friendship with an octopus. I know, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. It's hard to imagine, but it's really you amazing. You lost me at the cold water in the first place. I, was I, know, like, I'm out. I know, I know. I set it up just perfectly PTSD for you. from cold water. I know. But what's so amazing, which I did not know, octopus, they only live for a year. What? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's very sad. I don't I enjoy know. that at all. I know. So <laughs> it's like, and they basically, he follows her around for a whole year. It's it's unbelievable. It's really, I can highly, highly, highly recommend it. Of course, I cried, although that doesn't mean anything. Oh, yeah. I cry. I, probably the vow was the only thing where I didn't cry. But you fell wow. asleep during every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. And then she wakes up. What I miss? What happened? <laughs> they catch him. We've heard we've heard of the octopus teacher. You're like the third or fourth person telling us about yeah. it. So it's it's definitely high on my list also that we gotta watch it's, because it sounds amazing. Yeah, it really was. It was amazing. Yeah, we'll put that on my list. We'll put that on my list. because <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I'm 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 curious now that you've set it up so nicely. <laughs> Thank me later. I will. I will. Well, you know, girls, you know, I've been having a bit of a week with my little baby girl, Delilah, Mm -hmm. has joined, Mm -hmm. has joined the band of departed relatives in heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been dealing with that. But here's here's what's crazy about the situation is that I've been telling everybody for I don't even know how long that this dog is 16 years old. And I'm like... I have the 16-year-old dog, you know, she's whatever, she's amazing, but she's getting old and I'm kind of worried and I've been worried about it, right? So she, um, you know, this week we said goodbye to her and it was very, very sad, but it was it was time for her to go. And as I'm going through all of her, I mean, I have like, it's like having a kid. I've got like trunks of stuff for her, right? Pictures and little costumes and jackets and costumes all these things i have so many costumes so this poor dog was tortured oh my god with costumes oh my god for the longest time i finally gave up on them because she really hated them but i was like i have a baby doll to dress and it's you so we're doing this and anyway i find this photo album that my mother had put together of the dog in the craziest Santa Claus costume. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I will show you guys. It's it's crazy. Like the, yes, it's like a, the, the Santa Claus cat. It's like an elf hat straight up in the air. She's oh miserable. Oh my god! She's, she's got a miserable. white coat on that I discovered was my mother had taken it from one of our nieces' American Girl dolls. Oh. And put the white coat on the dog with ribbons around her neck, and it says Christmas Day, two thousand and four, and I was like. Hmm. That doesn't make sense because I didn't have her at Christmas 2004. I realized she was 17 <laughs> this whole time. Oh my God, she was even older than what she, she thought was. She was 17. I had no, I have no idea when I lost track of how old she was because who knows? But she was the poor thing was 17 years old. Man. And um, we forced her to wear American Girl doll clothes. Oh my God! I do have a picture of her in a Wonder Woman outfit. I mean, yeah. we need Amazing. we need all these for obviously for the gram. I mean, we need to obviously we need to have I mean, a memory of her in the in the. But it's insane. Seventeen years 17. old, and, like for a and dog. And you know what? She really she really never forgave me for not figuring Instagram out early enough to make her Insta famous. Oh, like I that know, was the I get that's her, that's my 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 one regret. Yes, is that oh I never God. made her Insta famous. 
because uh, she deserved it. Well, she, <laughs> she did. I know. She, did. she sure deserved it. That was a feisty <laughs> little girl. Like, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. We love her. We miss her. And I can't wait to see those pictures of her in the American I know, doll I know. outfit. But in other news, welcome to Canoodle. Oh, yeah. Oh, hi, guys. Welcome to Canoodle. Oh, canoodle, Canoodle. The ultimate rom-com rewatch podcast. <laughs> That's this one. That's exactly right. The one and only. I know. And we took a little hiatus. We took a break. Mm-hmm. And but we you know we had to come back for the holidays. We did. Yeah. I mean yes. Come Obviously. on. It's Obviously. a must. It's a must. It's a sure. must. Christmas comes. Christmas rom coms are the bread and butter of this industry. Yes. <laughs> and That's we are for here sure. for it. For all of it. For all of it. Super excited about mm-hmm. it. And you know my pick for this week. It was funny, when we talked about doing Christmas rom-coms, I was like, well, there's so many, you know, what should we do? And I started asking people, like, what are your favorite Christmas rom-coms? And, you know, we got some of the usual suspects, but I got so many people who recommended this movie, which is While You Were Sleeping. Oh, yeah. Starring our BFF, Sandy Bullock. Yes, yes. And I was like, is that a Christmas movie? Like, I couldn't believe how many people associated it with it being a Christmas movie because I just didn't remember. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised that it kind of fits the Christmas rom-com bill. So I'm excited to to present it today with you girls. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to read you a quick synopsis of I put my glasses on. (laughs) I get my papers up in front of the camera. I can't see for sure. Guys, it's all falling apart. I have no idea. I can't see. I can't breathe. Um, okay, so here we go. Um, <laughs> while you were sleeping, so uh, while you were sleeping in 1995, written by Daniel G. Sullivan and Frederick LeBeau, directed by John Turtletaub. It's not a fun name. Turtletaub. That is, a, that is wow. sure is a fun name. Mm-mm-mm. And starring Sandra Bullock as Lucy Moderatz, Bill Pullman as Jack Callahan, and Peter Gallagher and his enormous, fabulous eyebrows as Peter Callahan. Lucy Moderatz, a lonely Chicago L token collector, has a secret and hopeless crush on Peter Callahan, a handsome commuter who passes her booth every day. While working a shift on Christmas Day, Lucy witnesses Peter getting mugged and falling off the train platform. Without thinking, Lucy jumps onto the tracks and rescues an unconscious Peter from being hit by an oncoming train, saving his life. At the hospital, Lucy is mistaken for Peter's fiance and unwittingly becomes entangled with his raucous family. While Lucy is enjoying the holidays with the Callahan clan, she gets closer with Jack, Peter's suspicious but intrigued brother. Will lonely Lucy finally find love? And if so, which brother will she choose? Girls. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. laughing because I messed that intro up six times in a row. I had to finally block the camera so that they weren't looking at me when I read it. Great. <laughs> it perfect. Nailed it. Okay. First impressions, girls. What do we think? Love. <laughs> I love this movie. So awesome. I love a good, a good cheesy movie with love and love in it. And this was it. And I just love it. I liked it. I liked it. I had never <laughs> seen it before. Um, love Sandy Bullock. Um, I just thought it was like the story is dragged on a little too long. Like the, I'm like they're taking it this far, <laughs> so <laughs> that was a little much. But um, you know, I'm not one for drab, dreary winter, which is going to make these Christmas <laughs> Christmas episodes really fun for all of you to listen to me. <laughs> but I thought there were many redeeming things about it and some very sweet scenes. I feel rather neutral. I loved it because for once I knew for a fact that I had seen it previously and I knew that I liked it and I I just I love Sandra Bullock I love all the actors I love the setup and it's beautiful and of course it was now I get so sensitized to the conflict in the rom-com and of course it's like just clear it up just clear it up but apart from (laughs) (laughs) but, but apart from that I thought I thought it was it was it was really great. There were not too many scenes where I was like, oh, somebody's really clumsy. It wasn't over the top, um, which which I really appreciate. So I thought it was it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, too. Actually, I haven't seen it in I don't even know how long. I can't even remember the last time I saw it, probably when it was in the in the movie theater. And uh, I was really worried I wasn't that it wasn't 
that I was going to watch it again and be like, oh, this movie's terrible. But I really, I did, I laughed a lot, actually, which is, I was a little bit surprised that some of the comedy was so corny, but it really kind of hit me in the funny bone a little bit, and that made me laugh. So, yeah, great. I'm glad that we all kind of had a positive experience. I think, Lucy, there was something for everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wasn't bad. It was no Moonstruck. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale from Moonstruck to Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> it's solidly in the middle for me. It's solidly Very in the neutral. Middle. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, and Lucy, this is your namesake. So, yeah, we're going to talk about We're going to be that. talking about her a lot. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive in. Um, act one, which we're calling Lucy. We meet Lucy, our main character. Lucy is lonely. Unfortunately, her mother has passed away when she was very little. She was very close with her dad. Her dad recently passed away. And there's this really cute little uh, flashback section where she talks about, you know, spending time with her dad and um, and really being kind of in love with love and really uh, remembering this this memory of the da- of the mother giving the dad this big light up globe that really gave him the world, which is how he knew he was really in love with her. Um, she's totally a hopeless romantic, you can see, but she does work in a pretty drab job. She's in a, a token collector at the subway station or the elevated train station. And um, so she kind of has a little bit of a drab life. We see her apartment. It's not so fancy. Um, and she has this very huge but unrequited crush on one of the people who comes through her token booth every day. She doesn't know his name, but he's gorgeous. And... Um, She's just totally in love with him, and her voiceover tells us tells us that. So um, one other thing is that what happens with Lucy is that because she doesn't have any family, she often gets suckered into working on holidays. And this Christmas is no different. Her boss just kind of guilt trips her into working on Christmas Day, and it sucks, and she's really unhappy about it. But her crush comes through the token booth and says, Merry Christmas, and she freezes, can't say a word. And she's just berating herself for not being able to say anything when suddenly she realizes that her crush is getting mugged and he falls onto the train tracks. Without thinking, she runs to the train tracks, tries to help him. No one can come to help her. She jumps onto the tracks and narrowly rescues him from being hit by an oncoming train, saving his life. And that's the end of Act One. <laughs> the drama. Well, as as so four current or former New Yorkers, this I think this scene is triggering. I think like a fear of falling in the tracks is a major <laughs> fear for us totally. city dwellers. <laughs> Goodness. And then you're like, the third rail, don't touch the third rail. Don't touch anything, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have an inherent bias here, I need to admit, that I have a it's fairly uncommon name. I don't mean a lot of Lucy's, so the whole time, the whole first 20 minutes, I'm like, who, me? Are you talking to me? Lucy? <laughs> and uh, Here I just am. was having a hard time focusing Aww. on... Uh, <laughs> are you talking about me again? Um, no, all over, all overshadowed by the, by the drama there at the end. Um, and her, her, her just laying on top of him when there was a train stopped. And then it started. I'm like, well, why didn't you just stand up when the train was stopped and not let the train come as questionable life-saving choices. But she did it in the end. She saved his life in the end. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I think that that might have been just a weird, terrible filming stunt thing. Because I think the train was supposed, we were supposed to believe it was moving the whole time, yeah. I think. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. yeah. Because, because she said it's an express train. Yeah. yeah. Like, so oh. it's not going to stop. But I agree But I agree with you. It does, the beginning, I was like, is that train just sitting there? Yeah. I'm like, just, why are they starting? <laughs> I know. I know. It was really... Yeah, it was a little funny. It was a little funny that she would try to like. He clearly was unconscious, and yet she was talking to him as if, um, you know, he could respond. So you that was a little. Oh yeah, I know. It was a little funny. <laughs> She's but, like, "You see, it's an express train. I know. It's a, I know. It's not gonna stop. I know. I'm like, girl, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing? Emergency! Get the heck out of there! Right? That was my Barbara moment of like, ah, oh. just gonna move. Yeah, but I have to say, Lucy. 
I feel I have such a soft spot for her being and her, you know, her yes, for you too, baby. But no, the the Lucy in the movie, uh, for her being and her loneliness. I for you know, I really can can kind of like I, I have so much compassion for her, and and I think that that storyline and the sweetness in it, and and her you know telling us the story of her dad, and and kind of giving us a real real glimpse into her life and into her loneliness and you know that really just made for an incredible drawing into the character's world and you know building a real connection with her so uh from from the first moment i'm just like so just so in love with her because she's so sweet and you know so i feel like that was a great great way to get us really invested in her Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Yeah, I agree. I also thought like there were so many sweet um, moments, especially when her boss is trying to get her to work on holidays that like that made my my heart sink because I always feel so bad for people. Um, My parents both being um, nurses there. It was always like who can work on holidays who who's available and it's always the people who don't have kids who don't have families and it's like it already sucks to be single and alone on like then you also end up working and it's like so yeah i really felt for it and of course when she was trying to boost up that christmas tree into her apartment (laughs) and she drops it like and it ends up in in in, in the neighbor's window I'm like oh poor lady I, know. I had but, that moment of like she really gonna try to pull that Christmas tree up I know no. yeah. okay. and at the same time at the same time I was like good for you like that takes a lot of strength and she was like not deterred and, and even like her boss is trying to like almost well he was actually really nice about it and he was really like talking it up to her and being the employee of the month but she was like she was standing her ground in a way and she was like fighting and also with this the christmas tree so i i thought like yes you go lady (laughs) yeah you can definitely tell she got a little spirit you know which is nice she's not she's not like a total sad sack she actually has a little bit of gumption you know Mm. but i did say i did take note of her very schlumpy attire hair askew constantly yeah Floppy Big socks, the whole nine years. I get, we get it, we get it. She's a sad <laughs> yeah. sack. Like, she's all right, very, fine. very sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, God forbid she wears a fitted T-shirt. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so fun. Okay, let's jump into Act Two. So the Act Two is the hospital. So Lucy gets to the hospital, and uh, she's not allowed anywhere near um, her crush because she's not family. And in a moment of frustration, she says to herself, I was going to marry that guy. And an, a nurse overhears her and thinks that she's serious. And so the nurse starts telling everybody that Lucy is the fiance of the accident victim. So uh, she gets hustled in. And before long, the entire family shows up. And then we, we discover that this guy's name is Peter Callahan. The Callahans are this big Irish you know, clan, and they're super loud, they're super quirky, there's a a bunch of people, most, some of them aren't even related to each other, it was very confusing, but she gets caught up in the melee, and the nurse is like, this is his fiance, and Lucy just is flummoxed, she doesn't know how to, she keeps trying to interject to say that's not true, but she can't do it, and she just gets, just gets run over, and at some point, the grandmother kind of like, I don't know if she was doing pulling a Betty White, like faking a heart attack, but has like a, an episode. And then suddenly it all becomes about, we can't tell the grandmother the truth because she might have a heart attack, which is in Lucy's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, the family is just so excited that Peter is safe, even though Peter's in a coma. Um, and they're so thrilled that he has this, that he, he's found this beautiful girlfriend and they invite her to Christmas, which she, of course, is like, I have to work. I got to get the heck out of here. This is a crazy situation. Um, later that night, after the whole family is gone, Lucy goes back to the hospital and sits next to Peter and has a very heartfelt scene where she speaks to him, even though he's unconscious, and reveals that, you know, you don't know me, but your entire th- family thinks that we're engaged. I'm really sorry this happened. And I, you know, whatever. I just kind of revealing her feelings for him, not knowing that one of the family members, um, this guy called Saul, 
who I don't know how he was related to these people. I think he wasn't even related to them. Next but he's in the family somehow. Oh, he was the neighbor. Okay, he was the neighbor. He overhears the whole thing. So we know that he, that Saul knows her secret. This movie was made in 1995, so I don't know how famous Peter Gallagher was, but I I know, I, you know, he's not like a huge actor like Hugh Grant or whatever, but I know him pretty well. So for him to, having played a character that is basically asleep for 80% of the movie, mm-hmm. was just He so wasn't spirit. famous. He wasn't, he wasn't. famous, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to look back now because, I mean, obviously he, he has such a, just a striking face, right? He's so, so particular with his lips and mm-hmm. his, his like, he's so everything, right? So for him to yeah. just be laying there, like this beautiful, just like kind of like man, just laying there the yeah. whole time. It's kind of nice to look at. It's kind of some eye candy <laughs> to just look at, <laughs> which is nice. But yeah, just, that makes uh, sense. Just, he just, wasn't Just stay famous. sleeping. Let's go that's right. You. That's right. But he wasn't famous. That makes sense because yeah, at I mean, this he, point. He, he had done a few things, but he was, and he, he had done some Broadway stuff, but he was not like a household name by any right. stretch right 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 yeah. yeah so anyway i needed to snuck to sneak that in there because i mean he mm-hmm. is he is he is a pretty <laughs> boy so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to look at him this family are so, is so crazy and so what's <laughs> funny about this family is that the the grandmother who kind of has the heart episode um her name is glennis johns and she was in the original mary poppins movie Oh, she played Mrs. Banks. Oh yes! Oh my God! Now that you're movie. saying it, it totally yeah, it totally comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? and she was like a big, a big sort of like Broadway West End actress. And the father is an actor named Peter Boyle, who you guys might know from. I think he was on Everybody Loves Raymond, maybe the sitcom. He's from something. Was he the dad? Is he that is from something. He's from. I he's, kept seeing I know. his face. I'm like oh, here, I know that here's face. the thing. Here's where he's from. Something. Yep. We don't know where he's from. <laughs> you're welcome. But actually, you're welcome, everybody. But actually, he, people who are a little longer in the tooth than you girls, like me, will remember him. He was famous for being in the movie Young Frankenstein. He played the Frankenstein monster in the comedy, the Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks mm. comedy, Young ah. Frankenstein which mm-hmm. is a big comedy classic. And um, the reason I bring it up is because my Aunt Joan, who you guys all know, Aunt Joan, mm-hmm. who, who passed away this summer, went to high school with him. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's so fun. Wow. wow. That was a very Joanie. long, that was a long walk down a short pier to get <laughs> to my aunt I didn't see that coming. No, me neither. I I was actually thinking about all the all the resemblance that this ha- family has with your Irish family, which I would love to hear <laughs> what that is. But I didn't I didn't expect an actual connection from your family. I know. To what that. if she had married him? Oh my god! Oh, wow. Because, oh, wow. because here's the thing. Her because her sole soulmate companion in life was a guy named Pete. <gasps> oh no way! So he was Uncle oh, Pete. Gosh, so it could have been a different Uncle Pete, Pete oh, Boyle, wow. instead of totally. Pete Lazar. Wow. Do you believe it? Could have been. Can't believe it. Man. Look at look at that, AJ. I think she she picked the right Peter, to be honest. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you know. Although if she had married Peter Boyle, she'd be wealthy. I'm right. Just saying. Yeah, right. It's a toss up. She'd have a house <laughs> in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's all you're saying. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But the family is something. Any 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 anything you can you can mirror there with your own mm-hmm. Catholic Irish Catholic mm-hmm. family. Oh yeah, and the next act for sure at the d- at dinner table. But yeah, the whole thing is just like. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos. Chaos constantly. Chaos. Our Friday night Zoom calls. It's chaos. Everyone's <laughs> like, the, the conversations are flying all over the place. I love it. Um, I will say, I really love this whole thing about how how fragile older women are. Like, mm-hmm. the Betty White character in, in uh, the, the proposal. proposal. And this one where it's like, don't, wait, we have to keep this ruse going because it's going to upset Grammy. You know, it's yeah. going to ha- it's going to give Elsie a heart attack. And it's like, <laughs> that was a real big, I, I, I don't know how many heart attacks I gave my older relatives. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, right? It's over the years. for Sandra Bullock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to be in that movie unless we can have an old lady in peril. <laughs> That's right. An old woman who will, who, who will literally die of a broken heart if I don't have my romance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think um, we've discovered through through the movies we've been watching that a large, loud family, even though I come from an Italian-American family, freaks me out a little bit. I can't understand yeah. who is talking to who, who is responding to who. 
No one can get a word in edgewise. It's unpleasant <laughs> to me. And I'm just noticing that maybe that's my problem. <laughs> I'm the common I'm, denominator I'm here. <laughs> I'm with you, Lucy. Uh, it, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. I'd be like, everybody shut up. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> and this is like, this is the first of maybe a thousand times in the movie where I'm like, I understand we wouldn't have a film, but you could end this right here. You could I just know. be just, like, hey guys, stop. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. funny. I, I, my part of, of the family is Italian. So there is, you know, there is that part. It's not Irish, but it's definitely Italian. And so our Christmases, our Christmas table is very much like that. So BB, I, I, I hope that if ever we celebrate Christmas with my family or you are invited to our family dinner table, it's going to be a little overwhelming because there is a lot of loudness going on. <laughs> yeah, but that's somewhat different. It's just in movies, it's it hurts, Yeah, it? it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair because enough. obviously, you, you've been at enough Hinesley Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yes. I feel, I feel like I, I, I've always handled them well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's usually been a lot of wine involved, too. Exactly. That's always, that's the, yeah, not even the last resort. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a tool. It's a tool. But yeah, speaking of that, speaking of that, act three is Christmas at the Callahan's. So that Mm -hmm. is this quirky ass family inviting her. So she she decides because she's so lonely. And, you know, she's basically like, what am I doing by myself? It's the holidays. They've invited me over. I'm just going to go because I'm here. And, um. She goes and she really doesn't regret it. She is, you could see that she's really just transported. They they just, they welcome her in like one of the family. They even give her gifts and hang a stocking with her name on it. And you can see that it's just really settling in, that she's just, just even though she feels terrible about the lie, she's just going to, just for this one night, she's going to just embrace it and just allow herself the gift of being in a family. Um, at the end of the night, she decides to stay over and she's sleeping on the couch. And it turns out that the brother, Jack Callahan, comes home. And even though Lucy's supposed to be sleeping, she overhears him and the sister talking. And she overhears Jack saying, that's not Peter's fiance. And Lu- Lucy is like, oh, no, I'm going to get found out. So uh, she... Um, she tries to sneak out in the morning. I will say, I can totally, totally, totally empathize uh, with, with Lucy of just being part of something and especially being part of a family and getting so enveloped in that feeling of being part of something. It's, it, it almost, that is so much greater than having to deal with the consequences. It's like it doesn't matter whatever happens it will happen it's inevitable but but i just want to hang on to this i just want to hang on to it and i could feel that so much and i was like oh yeah i i totally get it i totally get it yeah it's very apparent that's i think that 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 was the that was kind of the the really smart and smart writing and the way that the movie really works is because we're so invested in her loneliness from the beginning that now that she's finding this you know this family that takes care of her and you know we it's such a human thing of wanting to have that connection and feeling a belonging and a part of something that i think that in this particular act like it's all about that and we totally you know even if we think that she should be truthful and telling the truth and all that and why are you not telling the truth it's also like no, you, 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 you have your family time, girl. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We love it. And I have the, the family is so great. Like, it's just so great. It's so fun to hang out with them. Like, we are getting to hang out with them. So it's so fun to, like, see them at Christmas in their, you know, in the, at the height of family time, right? And we are invested in it. So I, I think it's a great, it's just a great scene. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that um, it really, I, I agree with you, Liv, that this act really sets up the the permission that Lucy gives herself for all the decisions that she makes moving forward mm-hmm. and basically deciding to not come clean on her own. Um, even at times when she thinks she should, still just not pulling the trigger and doing it. Um, okay, so act four, we meet Jack. Jack is Peter's younger brother. And... Um, 
we see him in, in the morning first thing, he seems a little suspicious as soon as he meets Lucy. And um, her behavior does not really engender any confidence because she looks guilty as hell. But <laughs> So he keeps trying to catch her and just kind of quit. He's quizzing her and he's trying to get to the bottom of it. And there's a whole bunch of sequences that I think we can break down in this section that, you know, Lu- Lucy just through a series of dumb luck and wild guesses is basically able to fake her way through this time in her life and basically answer all of Jack's questions, you know, guessing things like his favorite flavor of ice cream and his favorite, what's that thing? The Three Stooges, all that stuff. Um, And we also, um, at some point, there's kind of a larger, it kind of comes to a head because Jack just keeps getting more and more suspicious and he finally confronts her in the hospital room and Lucy is able to tell them about a medical condition that Peter has that only someone who has seen him naked would know, which is that he only has one testicle. And again, <laughs> there's a terrible scene where they are like, who's going who's gonna to confirm it? <laughs> and in the end, you, they, you don't see it, but you know that somebody confirmed it and they all then believe her that she really is the girlfriend. Um, so uh, that's also... Um, Sorry. Oh, in that se- in that section, Saul also reveals to her after the whole family accepts her. Saul actually reveals to her that he knows her secret, so mm. she really hasn't pulled it off. But he's not going to say anything because he really likes her. He really thinks that she's doing that. What she's doing is good, and she doesn't want he doesn't want her to actually tell them the truth because she think he thinks that the family is actually better off having her in the picture because they were a bit estranged from Peter before she came on board. And that is that section. I have a question about Jack that I was wondering Jack. when I when we when I watched, which was uh, something we saw that none of the characters saw uh, was that Jack, um, Peter in real life had a girlfriend who apparently he proposed to and she said no. Um, and what we here is that she calls him thinking he's home not thinking he's in a coma and leaves a a message on his answering machine saying you know i made a mistake yes i will marry you so we now know that he actually kind of does have a fiance and so when jack said oh that's not peter's fiance i thought he was saying that because he knew that he was proposing to someone else but then as the movie started to unfold, I started to question whether he did know that. Because when he didn't just say, like, oh, I've never seen her before. He said, that's not Peter's fiance. So mm-hmm. what did you think? Did you think he just said that because he, he just he thought Peter was with no one? Or if he was in a relationship long enough to propose to someone, did Jack know about it? You know, I thought that too. And I, the way that I took it was that he did know about Ashley, the, the other fiance. Mm-hmm. The, or the fiance, um, but that he also knew that she didn't say yes mm-hmm. and that they had broken up. Because then later when they're giving blood and he says, when did you start seeing him? And she mm. says, three months. And I don't know, I can't remember how she knew to say that or what that whole date situation was, but I thought maybe it jibed with the idea that like he had been bro- he had broken up with the other fiance, the other girl. Right. And started dating her. Right. That's kind of how I took it. But I, I agree that I, it's, because he did also said like, you you think that he would be engaged to somebody and we wouldn't know about it kind of thing like he made that comment to the father yeah and um so it does seem like it prior to this time period of them losing track of him and him apparently getting engaged to lucy that they would have known if he was engaged right mm-hmm. yeah that's also how i thought it i thought that that was it in the beginning and then i got a little confused um, I think that them, there, there might have been the opportunity to clear that up a little bit, but it was, uh, that's what, how I took it too, that he knew Ashley and he knew that, you know, because the, also she's on the sofa, like sleeping. It's not like he could have taken a look at her and seen, because to be frank, Lucy is not, it doesn't look like she would be Peter's type, right? So it, it's also, it could have been interpreted as, as Jack looking at her and go like, that's not possible that that's Peter's fiance because Peter goes for like corporate lawyer type women, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know either, honestly, what the what the thing there was. 
Yeah, but I agree that I don't, I don't think he could even see her though. I think he right. could just see the top of her head. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, this, this is another example of a movie that never could have happened, that never could be made in 2020 because <laughs> there's just too much social media. And cell yeah. no, nobody had a cell phone in this movie. Again, like I know. there's, I, know. I don't think I saw one person with a cell phone. No, no. I particularly enjoy the grandmother's, uh, is that a Polaroid camera? It's like a very thin camera no, with a yeah. very yeah. tall flash. That's, that's a 110. It takes a 110 film. Oh, which is like a little film cartridge. I have, see. The film, the film was like a little. It almost looked like like a little Swiss roll. It had like two little cute little ends. Huh. <laughs> I've never seen that in, in my life. Oh, yeah. And then it came with flash bulbs, and there was yep. four bulbs mm-hmm. on a thing. Oh my god, I love it. I I really enjoy looking at that because it looks a little futuristic, <laughs> but it's so yeah. in the past. It's kind of it's kind of funny. But this section for me is great. I love it because it's such a series of coincidences as to how she can then answer those questions at the end of the section. Like she meets the guy in front of the elevator that is trying to go see Peter, that, who is the one who actually, you know, took away his testicle basically mm-hmm. in a, with an accident. And then she goes, she finds the can of cat food in, the, in Peter's belongings. So she mm-hmm. knows to go to the apartment. It's just like so, so cute. It's such a cute writing way of like just just lining it up together so that at the end she has all the answers, you know, to make mm-hmm. herself credible. So just very enjoyable, I think. Oh yeah, and by the way, shout out to the ba- the Baskin Robbins ice cream <laughs> freezer full of Baskin Robbins, which as a child we used to call thirty one, thirty one flavors. Yeah. My one thing in this in this whole section was. I didn't I hadn't quite understood the whole relationship between Peter and his fiance and like what the whole time frame and timeline for that was but I was like that guy's been in a coma obviously for more than one day and that lady just leaves him one message after another and like there no one's suspicious what's going on what's yeah, going on and like on? doesn't doesn't just does, does, does she not know that he has a brother and family like yeah it, and like, are they what's not ha- what's like happening? hey can you reach out to me and he's got my cat by the way like you know anything yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so She's like i'd like to see my cat like i'm okay <laughs> yeah again a movie that couldn't happen today like there's just too many ways you, you right. can't go off the grid like that it can't happen um okay so act five Jack and Lucy. So Jack and Lucy start spending more time together. He's always there to give her a ride in that gigantic truck, and she's always <laughs> taking a ride with him, and that's all right. That's fine. Um, and the big thing, the big scene is when he shows up at her place. Um, again, still suspicious because the wacky neighbor is there, and he keeps thinking that the wacky neighbor is like a boyfriend <laughs> or whatever. But he has an engagement gift for her from the mother, which is a big love seat that they have. To, that, and she kind of, again, finagles her way out of it and says, let's go take it over to your brother's house. They have that whole journey where they go to the apartment building. And then when he finally drives her home, it's been very snowy and icy. Um, oh, he can't drive her home because the truck gets stuck. So they, he, they end up having to take a really long walk together. And during that long walk, they really start opening up to each other and just becoming friendly. And you can see they're really sharing a lot and they share their kind of like a little bit of their hopes and dreams. And um, so they're getting very close. And when they get to her place, it's very slippery on the ice. So he thinks he's going to be a gentleman and help her to her apartment. But it really ends up in this really awkward and clumsy, but very playful scene where they're physically falling all over the place and grabbing onto each other. And it's clearly very flirtatious. Uh, But, you know, they... They don't, uh, nothing happens, and um, and they, they part as friends. Um, but from there, Jack just can't seem to stay away from her. He just keeps kind of finding ways to get himself entangled with her. And uh, often because he's getting himself involved in some more misunderstandings. Like, again, thinking that the neighbor is a boyfriend. At some point, there's a misdirection where they think that she's pregnant, and he kind of goes to sort of confront her about this. And she has a very strong moment where she's basically just laughing at him, like, you're crazy. Like, it's all fine. Like, don't worry about it. She's now getting very comfortable in her own skin around him. Um, But things turn a little sour because he says to her, "Uh, I don't think that you're Peter's type. And I think we're maybe meant to think that he's saying that because, really, you're my type versus she takes as an insult meaning that peter would never marry someone like her and Mm -hmm. they have a bit of a tiff and they they part in a in a difficult situation 
I think it's so interesting, and especially after we have watched Moonstruck, like, what's up with the brothers? <laughs> mm-hmm. Recurring themes, recurring themes. But I think it's so sweet, and also one of the things that she says in the very beginning as to why she's never had a relationship was she just never had someone who she could laugh with. And that was very clear that he makes her laugh so much, and she, they feel very comfortable together. I thought it was really, really... I like that section. It's very cute. I think them on the ice is like obviously ridiculous, but also very sweet. And him offering to walk her home because he wants the company because he doesn't want to be <laughs> hanging out by himself <laughs> close to the truck. Yeah, it's, it's very romantic. I like it. Yeah, I think it's very sweet, but also like a little bit like Moonstruck, but also a little bit like Never Been Kissed. Like the problem is that she's supposed to be his brother's fiance. So it's actually kind of like, it's actually kind of inappropriate what that he's like taking it so far, right? I mean, you know, like he's definitely exploring and all that, but he's not really having a lot of respect for for his brother, to be honest. So I see that scene very, very sweetly and knowing, you know, we know what's up. But it's kind of like, yeah, but you shouldn't really do that if you think that she's, you know, she's, um, how to say, uh, engaged to your brother. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of like, it leaves a little bit of a trace of like, eh, for me, you know, to kind of like watch it like that. True. Well, you know what I thought was weird too, though? And, and this almost kind of gives him a little bit of credit, is that the family is so weird. Like when the mistletoe, when they're oh under the mistletoe God. at the house. Yeah. And the whole family's like, kiss her, just kiss her. And I was like, wait, that's the Roma guy's fiance. Like, <laughs> why are you really telling him to kiss her? I know. And then they actually do kiss on the mouth. Like, yeah. I yeah. thought that they would just, do, they would do like a little cheek kiss. And they actually, and I was like, huh. Look huh. at the Irish. Callahan family. Yeah. That's, that is not Irish. I'll say that right now. <laughs> I I don't I do not claim that behavior at all. No, I don't claim it. That feels very Italian to me, Liv. Just telling. Okay, okay. I will give you that. I will give you that. That's that's definitely the truth. Mouth kissing is not an Irish thing. Okay, okay. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. They 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 kind of just misplaced the two cultures right there. Um, That might have what happened. Yeah, they definitely have that moment of like too that whole thing when when he's getting mad at her because he thinks that, that Joe Jr. was leaning or she oh was leaning God. into this hug. Yeah. And then later Joe Jr. is like, is he bothering you? Looks like he's leaning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he was like, good. yep, check. I like that. Okay, but Joe Jr., I mean, come on, what a character. Like, how oh, funny. I mean, it's really fun to have him part of it. He's so outrageously unacceptable a human being like he's so great ice capades yes the ice capades he's so crass and so like i just i love to have him in there to kind of you know what here's a little trivia for you um that i I actually read it but didn't write it down but uh that the whole movie was supposed to be set in brooklyn and then for whatever reason they when they wrote it they moved it to chicago but they kept joe jr so mm-hmm. Joe Jr., the, the writers are like, he's so Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. my God, he's so Brooklyn. He's so Brooklyn. Like, my especially God. he's so, like, 1990s caricature Brooklyn. But nobody yeah. seemed to care because, right. you know, he's yeah. so funny. It's funny <laughs> because you know I d- No, go ahead. I was I, I picked up on that, and I was like, he seems misplaced. Is that a yeah. Chicago accent? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think no, that's a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> exactly. I was like, something's off. I knew it. <laughs> funny yeah definitely one also thing that you you know you mentioned that it was originally set in brooklyn what what i thought interesting is that especially here but throughout the whole movie you know we i don't know chicago that well like i know it a little bit but not that well but i think that this movie much like what we usually see in movies that are set in new york i feel like this was very much a love letter to chicago to be honest because chicago is really showing itself from the best angles mm-hmm. like by the river and in the moonlight mm-hmm. and it's just so beautiful so it kind of like you can kind of see that if someone would write it in new york then you you know it would you kind of would would see the city from its best side and they did a really good job in doing that you know in chicago to be honest yeah mm-hmm. and now yeah. we know there are not as many nice apartments in chicago 
Yeah, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say, too, this movie is not glossy at all. It's pretty, you know. No, not at all. But also, but, but one thing I did notice, and this reminded me a little bit of Never Been Kissed, is that suddenly Sandra Bullock she's wearing she, her skin is clear mm. she's wearing more makeup the eyebrows mm-hmm. look more done her hair mm-hmm. is less unkempt it's actually yeah. in a style like suddenly she's you know there's these sections where it's like wait where's the ponytail where's the bedraggled oversized right. clothes like suddenly she's wearing like you know I mean she's still wearing this that weird 90s fashion with the long skirts and the boots and all that stuff but like mm-hmm. at least it's not like the big slumpy sweater and like you know <laughs> dad's coat i don't even know what um so yeah they, they were i saw what they were doing i saw what they were they were polishing her up for us again they did not see us coming mm-hmm. i didn't know we, we, we see everything um okay act six peter wakes up so new year's eve everyone all the doctors are getting drunk on champagne and peter wakes up mm-hmm. so uh he remembers everybody but he doesn't remember Lucy. So the family believes that he has selective amnesia. <laughs> so he remembers literally everything except but for her. Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody had doing... heard of before. <laughs> and he was like reciting his locker combination from high school. Um, yes. So uh, the old man Saul tells Lucy that he's going to help her out and he will do the do the the dirty work and tell the family about the situation so that she doesn't have to uh, and and kind of smooth the way for for her however Saul is not trustworthy because he loves Lucy so much and he thinks that the family is better off with Lucy being in it that he actually just keeps like sabotaging this and he's actually trying to get Peter to remember Lucy and then when it looks like Peter's not going to remember Lucy he basically says listen you're a schmuck Lucy's good for you spend some time with her, you should marry that girl. And Peter starts to have this whole thing in his brain that he had a near-death experience and that part of his memory is missing and maybe he should start fresh. Maybe this is his big chance. And maybe Lucy is the exactly the right girl for him to be with. And so in the end, he ends up re-proposing to Lucy. I think this section is, is, you know, it's kind of just, it's a kind of a bridge, it seems like, between just kind of like unwa- unveiling stuff. I was about to say unveiling, but unveiling stuff. Um, <laughs> but what I, what I thought also is this is where we also see really what the deal is with Ashley, right? That they had broken up mm-hmm. and she had moved to Portugal and then she just suddenly turned, you know, just changed her mind and came back and, and wanted to marry him. So we, we get a, a piece of the puzzle that we didn't have before um, to, the whole, the, to the whole thing. And we also see that Ashley doesn't seem like a pleasant person to be around. So uh, Peter is probably way better off with Lucy. And so mm-hmm. I think that he's also kind of thinking that, right? She storms in and is like just so hysterical and just really rude and all that. And so then she leaves and he goes like, you know what? This is actually exactly what I should do. I should leave that behind and go towards my future. So um, yeah, just a lot of unraveling here in this, in this scene and in this act, I guess. Peter yeah. and his eyebrows. Killer. Peter and those eyebrows, taking <laughs> taking it one step too far. And every scene, this story just keeps taking one more well, step. I didn't think it would take. And also, I will say this is whole, this whole section. We discover that not only is he just kind of like he's kind of a, a douche, but he's actually not a great guy. Like he's a liar. Like he tells that whole right. thing about how he like he tells his brother like. You know that old story about how I rescued squirrels? I made it up. I right. I knocked the squirrels out of the tree. And the brother's like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. Like, Horrible. this is great. So we're yeah. finding out that he's not only just not a great guy, he's actually a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's just the eyebrows that do it for <laughs> Like, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So true. No, it's not even like Lucy is putting herself, like, in this situation to finally marry her like crush at work or something she knows nothing about this man he could be a squirrel serial killer and she's just like deciding to marry marry him just based on the way he looks right unsafe unsafe that's right Uh, not a good idea no not a good idea um so that leads us to the final act of the movie act seven the wedding and the proposal so um 
Jack goes to see Lucy one last time as she's preparing for her wedding. She's got a really terrible looking wedding dress on a wire oh. hanger. Oh. And uh, but he gives her a gift that he found in one of the estate sales that he was managing. And it's this beautiful snow globe with her favorite city that she wants to go to, Florence, Italy. And she has you can see her having this real moment of like, oh, my God, this guy is giving me the world. And so she actually gives him a chance. She stops him as he's leaving and says, can you tell me any reason why I shouldn't marry your brother? And he says no. And he leaves. But you can tell there's just so much going on between them. There's so much that's unsaid. They're both totally in love with each other. Um, But now she's pretty heartbroken about this. And she takes this as he doesn't want her. So she decides to go through with the wedding because she's like, you know what? I'm going to Italy. That's right. I'm marrying a rich guy and I'm going to Italy. That's just her boss. Um, So we see the wedding. The wedding's actually taking place for some reason in the hospital (laughs) with Peter still in his in his pajamas, but with a jacket over it. And, and people on I and like other people, there was a guy in a hospital bed also in the chapel. Like, I don't know if these were his <laughs> coma friends. He had like friends that were no. while he was in a coma. I don't know what's happening. But they have this big wedding and the wedding barely even begins when Lucy just starts to unravel and basically says, I, I can't go through with this. I'm in love with your brother. And, and basically, it's this whole confusing thing. I'm in love with the wrong brother and this and that. And they're pointing at each other. And the whole story comes out. And then Ashley shows up. And the whole thing is chaos. And in all the chaos and the fighting, Lucy just leaves. She just sort of walks away. And we don't know where she's going to go. Um, so the movie could be over. But it's not over. Because at some later point, maybe it's the next day. We don't know. <laughs> we see Lucy back at work in her subway token booth. And Jack shows up with the entire family in tow. And he puts an engagement ring in the little token slot. And um, he asks to come back and see her. And she makes him pay the fare, which is very smart. Because you don't know what these guys. No. He could be a, a, a fair jumper. Um, and he goes and he proposes to her and she says yes and they get married and in her voiceover she tells us that in fact they got married they went to Florence on their honeymoon and later when Peter said when did you fall in love with my brother Jack she said it happened while you were sleeping Mm. aww aww happily ever after for all I went through with this movie I did love the last three minutes (laughs) <laughs> I thought that proposal cute. scene was great with the ring and then you look up and you're expecting to see Jack but you see everybody uh, <laughs> it was so sweet so sweet really really sweet yeah that was coming full circle because Saul was right the family was definitely better off with her so it, that was that was beautiful and she is marrying a whole family also like what we didn't talk about um, previously but was that Jack really didn't want to inherit the dad's business. He wanted to be uh, like his own like designer and he was really successful and he wanted to set up his own business and she really encouraged him to be open and honest about it and and so Jack did have that conversation with his dad who actually took it really well. Yeah. And so it's uh, she did contribute so much to that family so it was so beautiful to see them all there um, and they were all proposing to her. So that was mm-hmm. that was sweet. It was very sweet. But someone's missing. Peter wasn't there. No, Peter. Yeah. And I thought that that was very sad. Like, it could have been, like, a really nice touch if he actually showed up to uh, Mm -hmm. after all of this, right? So it was kind of sad to see that. But, um, yeah, I mean, best proposal. Also, the the unraveling in the hospital, like, was just kind of funny and all. And then Ashley walks in and turns out that she's already married. (laughs) She's married anyway. Like, what in the world? Like, just a lot lot going on. But you know what? Just a good laugh. And just everything is just as it's supposed to be. And um, the, the, the father, like, really confused when she said, I fell in love with all of you. With you know, I fell in love with you. She meant the whole family. He goes, like, with me? Like, I thought you were in love with my son. Whatever. It's just very sweet. So much confusion and chaos. And in the end, you know, in, in truly Callahan fashion, everybody shows up. And that's just exactly how it's supposed to be. And, just, and he's leaning in right at the mm-hmm. end when he's mm-hmm. actually asking her to marry him. So yeah. just everything 
everything in this last scene was just coming together at the perfect way. So it's great. Yeah, I thought that was really cute too. I thought that was very sweet. And uh, I forgave them for the tacky wedding dresses. Oh, God. (laughs) I didn't even get that that was a wedding dress. Because she didn't say yes, and the, and the nurse fainted, and then I was like, oh, I missed this. <laughs> I oh, missed really? No, it was really, the wedding dress was horrifying. It was Horrible. like no, exactly. I didn't realize Ugh. it was supposed to be a wedding yeah. dress. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Little Lucy. Horrible. That's not Horrible. what this Lucy's gonna wear to our wedding. Uh-uh. Oh my god. Oh no no. Absolutely not. <laughs> no no. Ever. There's not even no, for PJs. No excuse. <laughs> I, we could have gone in there and judged this movie up a little bit. For sure. Um, it up for sure. Okay, I have a couple of fun little trivia notes for you guys. Yeah, um, You know, Livy, you might have mentioned this previously, but um, this was Sandra Bullock's, her, this was her first really big, big role. Oh, Previously, wow. she had been in, she had done a lot of stuff previously, um, and in, in terms of movies, she had real breakout roles in Demolition Man and Speed, but mm-hmm. they weren't, she wasn't carrying the movie. This was the first time she was really carrying a whole movie. Ah. And... Uh, the people who turned it down before her were Demi Moore and Julia Roberts. Wow. I mean, wow. her and Julia just mm-hmm. keep crossing, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who this is, but John Travolta's sister Margaret is also in the movie. She plays one of the nurses. Not the nurse oh. that faints, but she plays another nurse. Oh, no way. That's sweet. Um, is she in Scientology? I don't know. We don't like her. I don't know. <laughs> we gotta look her up. Um... Uh, oh, there's there's a quick scene that I actually had to go back and watch again when I saw this trivia. There's this little scene when the morning after the Christmas dinner, when um, Sandra Bullock stepped over and she's waking up and she's going to sneak out, mm. where you see a paper a paper boy delivering yeah. newspapers, and he's throwing papers and throwing mm-hmm. papers and then he falls. Falling. Yeah. Right. That was not planned. The kid actually <laughs> wiped out. Oh, no, <laughs> cutie. Oh. And. He broke his wrist. Oh no. You know, that's so tragic, but Aww. so funny because I was actually, I, when they, I saw that fall, I was thinking like, that's a really good stuntman. I wonder how they yeah, did that. He really wiped out. <laughs> yeah. It was a real kid. They used, and they used it. It was monsters. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, the other last big bit of trivia that I think is so great is that the original working title for this movie was Coma Guy. <laughs> Damn. But... In the original pitch, before they wrote the script, the story was actually supposed to be about a man pretending to be engaged to a woman in a coma. And the writers pitched it to Meg Ryan's team. And they said to him, they said to them, first of all, why would you ever think that Meg Ryan, America's sweetheart, wants to be in a movie where she's asleep in a bed for 80%? (laughs) Exactly. A. And B, ew, that's so gross. It's so predatory. How dare you? No. Yeah. Go yeah. F yourselves. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. maybe we should change it. Maybe. <laughs> so they changed it. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> so they changed it to, um, to of course, having the, the, uh, the man be in the coma. And even though they were like, well, it's still a little creepy, but it's a comedy. So we're playing around with it, you know. And, yeah. and it's fine. He wasn't a good guy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that that happened. This is like a solid 23 years before the Me Too movement. So there you go. At least there was some sense spoken into. Yeah, some sense being Me like, Too. it's just not cool to have like an no. unconscious woman and be like, oh, you know. Right. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a really good piece of trivia. Yes. So that's it, girls. Let's rate the date. What did you think? From Ghost It to Get It, where is while you were sleeping. I'll get it on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're really good at this part. <laughs> I'm great at this part. But that's what I would say. Like, I'm, I'm, I would, I'm very happy to watch this, you know, on Christmas when, like, nothing is around. It makes me feel good and just gets me in the mood. For me, this is like one of those dates that would be fine if it was just dinner, but then it ends up being like in drinks, and then he wants to show you his favorite thing (laughs) down the block, and then this and that, and all of a sudden, it's just like too long, too long, too long. This would have been fine if we had not turned this into this big, long thing. You know what? Oldie but goldie. 
That's how I'm writing the date. <laughs> Colleen, write it down. Get your notebook out. Okay, what's that saying? Really? Uh, <laughs> oldie but a goodie. But oldie but goldie rhymes. You're welcome. Oh, you are God, welcome. Oh my God, you guys. The gifts I can't even you take give it. us, Barbara, are so rich. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm doing it for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's precious. Uh, oh. So for me, I think this what this date honestly it's like a it's like workplace Pollyanna. Do you know, you know Pollyanna <laughs> at Christmas time where you put your name in a hat and you pick a name and you buy some and then it, you do that with your family but you have to do it at work. And Secret it's Santa? kind of Secret Santa. Never heard of Workplace Secret Santa. No you never heard, heard of Pollyanna? No, no I'm writing to write that one? down in my notebook of things that call me to, made up. You have to. You know that. I, I know you have a notebook. I know you have a little <laughs> journal next to your under your pillow, Lucy. If all oh, like Secret Santa? So you call it Pollyanna? It's like secret, we call it Pollyanna. Have you been mishearing it this whole time? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds close. Secret Pollyanna, Santa, Secret Santa. Pollyanna. Yeah. Um, now, now I have to look up and find out why I call it Pollyanna. Um, so workplace Pollyanna, which is basically like something that you're kind of like, it's kind of awkward. But actually, you just like getting a gift. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As long Fair as I get one time, I one time I got a big pair of uh, orange flip flops at Workplace Pollyanna. Ooh, all right. And a um, big pair. you know, and then one time I got a really giant tin of Altoids. So well, that's oh, great. Wow. Great. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. Useful. I'm into so it. You loved in, this movie yeah. then, huh? I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> because you never know what you're gonna get. You know, you never know. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was While You Were Sleeping. So exciting. Yeah. Canoodle you later. Canoodle Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap for While You Were Sleeping and this week's episode of Canoodle. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends by sharing the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which really helps other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram at Canoodle Podcast and online at canoodlepodcast.com for show notes and more exclusive behind the scenes content. <laughs>